Good morning. It's 10 o'clock. It is Wednesday. We are in the middle of our unshakable conference here at Abundant Life. Tonight is Ron Carpenter. If you want to come hang out, feel free to do so. It's going to be at Abundant Life, 601 Delaney Road at 7 o'clock. Um, I have a special guest here in studio. That is, it's been a while. Yeah. And we're, we're back sitting with Taylor Johnson. What's up, Taylor? Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Great. You've been busy. I have been busy. It has been a very wild year for me. I wrote a book. Yeah. That feels ridiculous to say out loud. I read your, your an article you you posted on your website giving advice to people who would like to write a book as well. Yes, yeah, because uh, I had never done this before. Uh-huh. I because uh, so I travel and speak and I do stand up as well. So for the longest time, if I wanted to create something or make something or do something, it was like immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like like this, like you have an idea for something you want to do on the show immediately that day you can do it. But like this was the first time where. I have an idea for something I want to do, and it's going to take me a year yeah. to finish it and get it in front of people. Is which that how long? It took a year? It took, well, it should have taken longer, but I I started writing, writing January 1st, and I finished it in August. That's but nuts. It's too fast. It was bad. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Uh, it was just a lot of cramming and a lot of like early mornings, late nights. I do not drink coffee, but I was like so desperate that I texted friends. I was like, what will keep me awake? That doesn't taste too bad. Coffee. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I I chugged that. And and it, a lot of what's in the book is based off of things that I've been saying on stage for the last seven years. And so a lot of it was like, oh, I know exactly how to say this. I've been saying I've been like writing it on stage for a long time. Yeah. And then just like figuring out how it should fit into a book. Did you go back and listen to some tapes and audio and like just like transcribe this and yes. this is the way I, I say it the best. This is, you know, it gets across very clear this way. Yeah. Which is like when I listen to other comedians talk about writing material, they always say it's important to record your sets and listen to them. Yeah. And I never do that. I don't want to <laughs> hear myself. And I had to, and it was the worst. Ex- do you ever go back and listen to your shows to hear yourself in interviews and stuff? I, I do probably about uh, maybe once one show a week, but I, I don't listen to that much. Yeah. I, you know, because I think, what can I do better to start the show? What right. could I have done better here? And I'll go back and find the specific spot. How do, does it does it make you cringe to listen to yourself? Do you feel like you've because you do it for so much, you're used to it by now? Not anymore. It used to make me cringe yes. a lot, but it doesn't make me cringe as much anymore. Sometimes I cringe if I'm walking somewhere and I hear somebody else listening to it, or like going back and watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just weird. It's a little weird. Yes, but um, no, I I know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah, I I have that kind of experience with like. Uh, like I'll go and do school assemblies in junior highs and high schools. And sometimes they'll find out that I have a YouTube channel and I have a bunch of like old videos from when I used to live in my van and uh, I used to live in my van. Great times. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And if they're in front of me and they just start watching one of the videos, I'm just like, please don't do that. Please don't do that in front of me. Or like somebody starts reading the book in front of me. I'm like, no, stop, stop. Go over there. Yeah, I don't want to see you do that. Uh, Hey, let's go ahead and switch it on to the FM. Uh, We're hanging out on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, feel free to share this out. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. We're talking to Taylor Johnson. This is KHEA Radio, 99.5 FM. Calling 409. Good morning. This is KHEA Radio, 99.5 FM. Right now it's 10.03 on a Wednesday morning. I have Taylor Johnson back in studio hanging out. Hello again. What's up? I like your shirt. Thank you. It's Stitch Fix. Is, uh, Is that the brand? Stitch Fix is uh, the like subscription service where okay. they send you a box of clothes, uh, and you like I like this and I don't like that. My shirt and my pants are both Stitch Fix. Almost everything. I do not like going shopping, and so no, you I don't would, have to anymore. I would rather someone just send a box to my house because I will like go shopping and I'll try on pants and I'll get really frustrated because I feel like my body is shaped weird and. 
I'll get to a point where I'm like, this is fine. This will be fine. Oh, I can just wear this. And then a week later, I'm like, these are the most uncomfortable pants I've ever put on my life. You're tall. Yeah. How tall are you? Like 6'3", 6'2"? 6'2". Okay. But I feel like I have a short person personality. Because people <laughs> always, people are always, even this morning, someone was like, I keep forgetting how tall you are. Yeah. And I think it's because I come across like a, a short person. And then my body does not match my personality. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're tall. I remember that last time. Um, I don't know when I was I was thinking about setting up the cameras. I was like, well, I'm gonna have to reset the cameras because Taylor's a little bit taller than your average person. Yeah, you're a big guy. Yeah, and I in college I had a friend who I always thought was so much bigger than me because he was like a very intimidating, very intense person. He had a tall person personality, and then I saw a picture of us standing next to each other, and we were the same height. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I was tall as him because even I'm like, oh, I keep forgetting how tall I am. Yeah. Can we give a little bit of your background? You mentioned earlier you lived in your van. I did. Yes. I so I travel as a stand up comedian. Um, I speak in churches and school assemblies and stuff. And right out of college, I wanted to pursue that full time. I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. And Financially, it seemed like that would be a very difficult thing to do, but I knew like I'm supposed to give all my time and attention to this thing um, because like to have a part-time job would make traveling a whole lot harder. So instead of having a home, I bought a minivan. I took everything out of the back and I put a bed in there and I just lived in a van for a year and a half, two years. So that way I could tell people like, hey, I'd love to come speak for you. You don't have to worry about a hotel. I'm bringing my home with me and I'll go anywhere at any time. And so I did that for two years. I performed... I did uh, a series of house shows uh, when I first started out Mm -hmm. where I was like, I'll come to your house and I'll do a comedy show if you can get 20 to 30 people together. And uh, that was uh, weird. Um, (laughs) But it was great. It was great. I just met a lot of strangers and I would go into their houses and my mom was so scared I was going to get like kidnapped or something. And I was like, yeah, "Eh, I think I'll be fine. I'm a big guy. Yeah, I get to handle myself. I I got a van. Yeah. After you did the house comedy, like, okay, you did the comedy inside the house, talk to people. Were they like, okay, now go outside and sleep in, in your van? Or <laughs> sometimes people let you stay. You can sleep here. Uh, sometimes they would, like, offer to let me stay, but I would usually want to, like, move on. to. I loved, like, that's the one thing. I do not live in my van anymore. The okay. one thing I miss is getting to drive at any time of night. Like, oh, I've got an eight-hour drive. I'm home. I could leave at 2 o'clock in the <laughs> yeah. morning because if I get tired, I can just pull off and I can go to sleep. But now I have to drive during the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't fall asleep, and I hate driving during the day. Man. Was it ever an issue finding a place to park that was safe and okay with you being there? I I have a problem where I don't realize when I should be scared of danger. I just, like, don't – it's not until later that I'm like, oh, that was kind of a sketchy situation. Like, I would park anywhere. and Because people would always think, like, well, aren't you afraid you're going to get robbed or something? But I'm like, I am a tall dude shirtless asleep in the back of a very messy van. If someone is going to rob a car, don't you think they would go for the one that doesn't have a person in it? They don't know why I'm in there. They could think that this guy is dangerous. Yeah. We don't want to mess with him. Let's stay away from that guy. He seems, I'm the shady one. No matter where I go, I'm much shadier than the situation. A secret is maybe just parking by a nicer van. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, I can either take this van, which there's obviously somebody living out of and right. sleeping inside. Yeah. Or I can take this this one that's a little bit nicer. Yeah. I'm taking the nice one. Yeah, I I learned to like always park in the light cuz always park under a street light. Okay. That way it's not coming in like sideways, it's like coming down on top of you. And then also like the one time early on, I parked in a Planet Fitness parking lot cuz that's where I would shower. I would shower in Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh I no park- judgments. It, yeah, oh yeah, judgment free zone. Shower here. Uh I parked in the corner in like the darkest part, and I backed up into the spot, and like there were no other cars around. And Planet Fitness called the cops because they were like, "We don't know what this car is doing. It's kind of freaking us out." 
And the guy, the cop came and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm just sleeping. I'm livid, man. What does it look like I'm doing?" <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, this one. Make sure you weren't like doing anything bad. <laughs> Good night." And I was like, "Okay." And I never wanted that to happen again. So yeah, I always try to like park in a very incognito way. Yeah. What about when the sun came up? Because I've slept in my car before, and you get that early early wake up call. The yes. Heat. Oh yeah. That like. People always were like, how did you handle the winters? But the winters were so good. You could just cover yourself completely, be totally fine. The summers were the worst. Mm-hmm. You cannot sleep in. You have to go to bed the moment the sun goes down. And But I started to realize, like, oh, I'm using science to my uh, advantage. I'm going to park facing the east ah. so that when the sun comes up, I can have, like, a, a, a screen, like a visor thing yeah. in my front windshield. So it's just hitting that and, like, crack the windows a little bit. And you just get used to sweating in your sleep. Yeah. Just anything to survive. I don't know. Because traveling and speaking, like, that was the most important thing. So I was like, I will do anything to get to do that. Mm -hmm. And so live in my van, yeah, that's totally fine. For two years, you said? For two years. What was it like when you finally transitioned back into, you know, a room with the bed? (laughs) I So I was like, I felt like I should have been transitioning a lot earlier than I eventually did. But I was too, I was very scared. I was scared of any sort of new thing, new transition. And it, my van died. It just, like, gave up on me. And it was like, God, like, all right, I'm moving you on. Like, yeah. you will not do this anymore. And um, I got an apartment up near Dallas. And I, when I moved in, I owned nothing. I had, like, a couple of boxes of clothes and my laptop, a microwave that I had bought a long time ago. And that was it. Like, I had to start. It, that, it was, like, kind of scary but also very cool. Like, all these things that I took advantage took for granted for a long time, mm-hmm. I suddenly had a brand new appreciation for it. I was yeah. so excited to decorate an apartment. Like, oh, man, I can decide what goes on the walls? And I got excited for, like, inviting people over because I could never do that when I lived in my van. Like, hey, come hang out at my place. No, you, could, you could, but it yeah. might be a little weird. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, taking a girl on a date is a lot easier <laughs> when you don't live in your van because you're like, hey, before you get in, I want you to know I'm not a creep. <laughs> the bed is for me to sleep in, and I'm not a monster. Did you move the same bed from the van? Into your apartment? Yeah, it was more of like a, a foam mattress topper that was yeah. like the back. So so I got I got a Casper mattress, not ah. a sponsor, but uh, one of the ones from. But the they internet. could be. Why don't Why don't they they sponsor? They should. Yeah, that's true. I should reach out. Hey, Casper. So I'm, I'm tagging Casper right now. <laughs> we yeah. need to get you that that uh, Casper mattress sponsor. Let's make that happen. Yeah. So you you traveled around the country speaking on a couple different topics. Can you share? What is it that you speak on? Uh, the biggest thing for me, because like even with stand up, I started to I saw somebody in a comedy show with like a message like, haha, we're having a good time. We're laughing for a long time. And then we get to a point where there's a transition and now we're serious. And like when you laugh, your walls can come down, your defenses come down. And like when you turn from funny to serious, like people get quiet, people start to yeah. focus. And uh, the biggest thing for me is vulnerability. And the importance of opening up and talking about the things that are going on in your life. And especially with comedy, I could use very embarrassing stories from my life. And if I can laugh about these silly things that most people wouldn't talk about, most people would be too embarrassed to share with other people, then then we can talk about some more serious things that people are embarrassed to talk about and afraid to bring up to other people. And so that and also for me personally, like um, I did not know how to deal with depression or anxiety for the longest time. I grew up in church too scared to talk to anybody about it because mm-hmm. I thought nobody else is dealing with this because no one else is talking about it. So I can't talk about it either. And it led me down a very dark path. 
until somebody else told me about what they had gone through. And it was the first time I thought, I'm not alone and I can talk about this. And the moment I was able to talk about it, everything changed. Yeah. And so vulnerability, open up. Why why are we afraid of it? Why we don't have to be afraid of it because of grace, because of who the church is, that you're not the only one struggling and it should be a safe environment where we can talk about these things. Yeah. Is there anything that is not okay to talk about? Like, no. is everything okay? That's what, uh, so uh, in my book, um, I quote Mr. Rogers because I will quote Mr. Rogers nonstop <laughs> for the rest of my life. I think he, like, he to me is the perfect uh, I don't know, the greatest example of like a Christian in the modern world. Like this is what, if you're going to take the characteristics of Jesus and put it in a modern context, it's Mr. Rogers. Because I think we read the Bible and sometimes we're like, okay, he loved like that, but it was easier then. And we can kind of like make some compromises, but like yeah. uncompromising in his kindness and love. But anyways, he says, uh, anything that is human is mentionable. And anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. If we can learn to talk about our feelings and what we're going through, then we can begin to deal with them. Mm -hmm. And the people that we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. So wow. anything that is human, you can talk about it. And if you can talk about it, you can begin to deal with it. And so, yeah, I think, but I do think you can talk about it. But the last part of that quote, the people that you trust with that important talk, it's important to find people that you can trust and not just like, not just like throw it out there on social media or not just like blab to a group of people that you don't know that well, but to find someone that you can trust, you know, can like handle that conversation, who is probably more mature or more wise, someone who you know is going to be there for you and have that be the person that you trust with that conversation. Yeah. You've spoken all over the country to, I'm going to say like adults, businesses, to youth, school assemblies. Is there a lot of people dealing with stuff and they feel like they're the only one out there going that through it? It's so crazy. It is so crazy the stories that you like you do not expect because everyone is really good at hiding it. And I was just talking to somebody about this because I think because of this message, I a lot of times will get pigeonholed as just like this is for youth. People will say, "Oh, it's such a great message. Students really need to hear this." Which like, yeah, that's they true. Do, yeah. But I think the reason we say that is because students respond to it quicker. If you say you can open up. You need to talk about what's going on in your life. It's like they've been waiting for an opportunity. They've been waiting for a moment where they can do that. So they will respond to it immediately. With adults, with grown-ups, not so much. Yeah. Because I think the older you get, the more you get set in your ways. The more you start to accept things as just like, this is how it's always going to be in my life. That If you lose sight on the ability to change, then vulnerability makes no sense. If I think that this is just the way my marriage is going to be forever— why would I ever open up and talk to somebody about it? What good is that going to do? Right. Or my mental health or my addiction. If this is just how things are going to be, I'm just going to deal with it on my own. I shouldn't talk about it with other people. But I want to I want to speak to that audience as well because they need to know that change is possible. And it's not going to be an immediate response. And it's usually like with adults, you have to work on creating a culture where vulnerability is okay where you can talk about things. And then slowly, little by little, maybe, hopefully, people will start to open up. And, and it could be big. Like, there's no list of issues. Like, it could be big addictions or things from your past. Or it could just be, like, <clears throat> jealousy. Like, to admit to someone, like, I'm very jealous of this person and it's affecting my relationship with him. That is a vulnerable thing to say because, like, I've been a Christian for this long. I shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. But you are. And if you can talk about it, you can deal with it. Or it doesn't have to be negative, like mm -hmm. positive things, your dreams, your hopes for the future. 
when I told someone, hey, I'm thinking of writing a book, that was a vulnerable conversation to have because they could have said, you shouldn't do that. Like, no one's going to read that or you're not going to be able to do it. Or they could say all sorts of things that could really hurt me. So I could put up walls and never let anyone know about it. But if I did that, I would have never actually stuck with it and pursued it. But because I let my walls down, I told someone, I want to write a book. Yeah. And they said, man, I can't wait to read it. That was the boost I needed. And I wanted to pursue it. Yeah. I don't think people, you don't like to be vulnerable because that opens you up to get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you talk about, hey, writing a, bu- writing a book, that that's kind of what, what could have happened. Or maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. You know, it yeah. also opens you up for support. Yeah, exactly. Like when you like started to do all this stuff, like with the radio, like did it feel just as ridiculous or uh, like, I don't know. Oh yeah. Where were you at with that? With like, with starting this, just like, I'm going to be on the radio. Yeah. Like did that feel weird to say to people? It did. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't want to share it. I didn't want to tell anybody. It's like, if they see it, they see it. But I was kind of that way in my life um, with, with everything, you know, like even social media, like I don't want, I don't want to post a picture Yeah. just because that was my personality. And then something clicked in me where you know what it doesn't matter if people support you it doesn't matter if people are against you if, if i hear about it or i don't hear about it i'm going to try and spread some good news and that's and that's what i kind of had to i had to work through that myself yeah and i i talked about that you know with uh some of my coworkers and with my wife and and then there was a point where you just do it and it, it's natural and you don't care anymore and yeah. you're trying to do something good and accomplish some positivity and that's the thing like we we treat vulnerability as if it's just for when you hit rock bottom just when you have hit the worst of the worst that's when you need to open up to someone but if you put it in your everyday life if you start making a practice of it of talking about things way before you ever hit rock bottom if you even just bring up like hey i'm feeling really tempted or i'm feeling like kind of down about this thing way before you ever hit rock bottom then you get practice at it and you get better at it and you're more likely to do it faster yeah. Like like you said, like you just hit a point where you're like, no, I'm not I'm not as afraid of this anymore. But that only comes from doing it continually. But if it's just like, oh, nope, I only do it once a year when things are really, really bad or, yeah, you know, I'm at this certain event where they're going to talk about it. Like, oh, man, that just like that leaves us in a very unhealthy place for the rest of the year. So the book in the all together, it came out September 16th. Yes. And how can I get a copy? It is on Amazon. Oh, I'm going to give you a copy right here. Hello, this is my book. I want to give you a copy. Thank you. And I was I was reading um, some uh, you know and watching some of the videos you'd put out about this. And there's like work, like here reflection questions. This is what I'm looking for. So how is this set up? So um, I I wanted it. Number one, I wanted it to be the funniest book on one of the most uncomfortable topics because. I feel like if you say, hey, here's a book on vulnerability, then it's like, I don't want to read that. But it's like, hey, a comedian wrote a book. So I wanted I wanted the illustrations, the you know, uh, stories that I tell to be the type of stuff that you would never find in a Christian book. Like <laughs> just the weirdest, silliest stuff uh, that leads to more serious conversations. Um, but at the end of each chapter, there are reflection questions, which could be just good for you to reflect on. Or, um, I mean, I think it would be a great book to read with other people in a small group or just like with a friend. Like when I go to churches and I, I sell the book afterwards, I sell one for 15 or two for 20 because I want to encourage people to like buy two books and give one to someone else and read it with them. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of takes you through like, why is it important? Why is vulnerability important? Why are we afraid of it? And then why we don't have to be afraid of it. And so it kind of walks you through that and gets kind of deeper and heavier as the book progresses. What is even the process for writing? Cause I read, you know, hey, this is a goal, but like it has an ISB. This is like a legit, like it feels great. Like yeah. the quality, everything is good. Like how, 
how did you even start? Like, how did you get this done? Uh, well, first step is find someone else who's done it before you and just copy everything they did. Like, I, I had a friend who, two friends who had put out books, and I was just like, can I see all the stuff that you had to do to like, <laughs> yeah. so uh, that was super helpful. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's cool, man. It's crazy how easy it is. Like once you have written the book, uh, getting an ISBN number, you just have to have a little bit of money. Like it just, you literally just go to a website. Like I, you could do it for anything. That's what's so great. Getting your book on Amazon is so easy to do. It's just the committing to writing the book. Uh, and then once you do that, like to self-publish it, which is what I did, like it's it's really easy to do. That's crazy. Man, speaking of Amazon, I went to Fry's yesterday. It's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good, guys. Right now it's 1021. This is KHEARadio.com, 99.5 FM, in the all together. You can pick up a copy on Amazon. It's by Taylor Johnson, uh, Trusting God with All We Hide from the world. And sometimes I think you even try and hide stuff from God. I was having a conversation with my son on the way to school this morning and we were talking about angels. I guess in in uh, Joy Zone maybe last night there was some some topics on angels and uh, we were talking about some scripture and uh, entertaining angels like the newsboy song. Mm, yes, amen. And I was I was just telling him I was like, "Well, you know, son, sometimes <laughs> you know, he doesn't know who the newsboys are, maybe never will." But um, we were just talking about scripture and I was like then it got on to prayer. So I was telling him sometimes it's okay to even pray like in in your head. He's like, do you think that he, he hears that? And I was like, yeah, I guarantee you that if you say a prayer in, in your head, if that's all you can manage at that time, that's a great place to start. I guarantee he knows everything. Sometimes we get stuck trying to hide things from everybody else yeah. and we think we hide, we're hiding it from God. That's what, yeah, I think, and a lot of times the reason why we hide stuff, we, why we hide anything is because we're afraid of what the reaction is going to be. If we let that thing out, like with with another person, if I tell them about this thing, mm -hmm. how are they going to react? But like the good thing about the character of God is that you cannot surprise him. You're not going to freak him out. You're not going to be like, say something and he's going to be like, whoa, 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 I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. Whoa, that changes everything. I don't want you around anymore. Mm -hmm. Like if he said that he has forgiven you and that you're a part of his family once, then he means that forever. And there's nothing in your life that you could ever bring up to him that would make him change his mind about you. And, and so that is the greatest reason to always go to him with everything. You're not going to surprise him. Yeah. So just, just go to him with it. We have a question. This is on Facebook. If you are watching on social media, feel free to share this out. If you have any questions, uh, let us know. So this is from Diego. He wants to know if it's on Audible. Is there an audio version of this? No, I want there to be because uh, the cool thing, like people have been very kind to me and saying like, uh, that they've enjoyed the book because it feels like they're having a conversation with me. Like the, the I, I, my voice is very clearly comes comes through, and I know that there are some people who've like not heard me speak before, uh, and so I would love to like I would love to record an audiobook so that I could I don't know read it the way that I picture it in my head. Yeah, but I have not done that yet. I need to figure out how to do that. Here's what you do: you start that computer, and then you hit record, <laughs> and then you just literally start reading it. And... But like, I mean, like getting it formatted to like fit with like audible. Audiobooks are awesome. Um, you can on the car. Yeah, working out. That's what I listen to. So many audiobooks right now. I've been listening to a lot. I've been listening to a lot of Stephen King books. And uh, so that, what are you listening to? I was going to ask you, what are you reading? Um, because I saw that you said, hey, if you want to write, you got to read. Yeah, I right now I'm reading a book uh, called Medallion Status. It's by a comedian. His name is John Hodgman. 
and it just came out. It's just a memoir, like a series of essays about like losing fame. Like he was very, he was in the, do you remember the old uh, Apple commercials? Hi, I'm a Mac. I'm a PC. Yeah. He was the PC. And so like he made a ton of money from those commercials and like had like a, a very minor celebrity status. And the book is kind of about like losing that status and like what that does to you and how it's actually a good thing to like have people not pay attention to you anymore. But I'm reading that because I am fascinated with books that can make you laugh out loud which I feel like that is such a difficult thing. Like all, everything that I get to do in stand-up, like my facial expressions, my tone, the pauses that I put into it, like all of that is stripped away from you in a book. And if if just words can make you laugh out loud, man, that's incredible. Like, I don't know. People people don't treat like comedy books or humor books with like, like oh, this respectable thing. But like, that's crazy to me. A mm -hmm. book made you laugh out loud. And so yeah, I've been reading that. My mom got me a book of like dad jokes. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't know. And yeah, I'll chuckle like sometimes. It's yeah. like, all right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Some groans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. It's 1025. This is KHEA Radio.com 99.5 FM. Hanging out with Taylor Johnson, talking about the brand new book, In the All Together. It's available now. Came out September 16th. Uh, Diego said, hey, I'm going to pick up a copy. Let me know if you are picking up a copy. And then also, maybe we can read it together. Yeah, and let's talk do, about it. Let's do the uh, audiobook right here, right now. <laughs> uh, it's available for paperback, and the Kindle edition is only two ninety nine. So that's like super cheap if you just want to read it on your phone right now. That's cool, cool, yeah. cool. How can somebody follow you on social media? Uh, you can uh, on everything. It's Taylor D S O N Taylor Son. Uh, my middle initial is a D, and then Johnson is my last name. Yeah. People think that I put Lord in my like just Taylor Son, and that's not. It's my middle initial, like the singer. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I was like, who? Taylor? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Lord. Lord. Yeah. Is what I was she thinking. just pushed back her album because her pet died. Oh. That's a real bummer. That's that's always tough. Yeah. It's not I've, fun. I've never lost a pet. I've had one pet in my life. It was a dog, and her name was Mischief, and like we did not know how to train her as a family, and our next-door neighbor, their father moved in with them for a short period of time, mm -hmm. and he would literally like be in the backyard looking over the fence at our dog <laughs> all the time, and then one day he came over, and he was like, can I train your dog? And we were like, uh, sure. So you just take the dog out every day and start training her. And then the neighbors told us that he was going to be moving out and moving into like a lake house by himself because his wife had passed away. And we were like, do you, do you want her? And he was like, yes. Aww. And so I've never like lost a pet. We were just like, no, okay, yeah, you can, you seem like you really need her. Yeah. So I don't know what that's like. Have you lost a lot of pets in your life? No, I've had two dogs, and they were brothers, and then one ran away, and I'm still convinced he's on. I was, you know, a kid, but he's still out there, probably. Yeah. He's homeward bounding it back to you. <laughs> He'll be back any day now. Yeah. We, I mean, I've moved like six times since then, but oh, wow. he was really smart. <laughs> right, yeah. He was a really smart dog. Knows how to ask for But then the other dog, his brother, yeah, he passed, but we he was like almost 20 years old and wow. lived, lived a really good life. Yeah. Maybe the best life, so... Wow. Do you have any pets now? No pets now. I have two kids and one on the way. Whoa. So I, that's kind of why I was at. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, as a kid dealing with a pet's death, but then as a parent, that must be my, because you're then going to have to explain death. Everybody. To yeah. a child. So yeah. yeah, my daughter's two. My son is six. He's about to be seven. And then, you know, obviously the baby. So uh, is on the way. It's just an interesting time to try and introduce a pet. It's like, well, okay, it would probably be good if we didn't have the baby like right. that's going to be here next year. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, pets are great, but I brought up your social media earlier okay. because I wanted to talk about a couple things. I follow you on on Instagram and on Facebook. Okay, right? all right. I saw an incident with a 
uh, earwax, like a, a candle. Oh, man. I saw something went down. I don't know how you're supposed to use that thing and what it actually does, but I know it's a real thing, and you did it. What happened? So I've done an earwax candle once before. That's the candle you stick in your ear while your head is tilted. What does it do? You set it on fire, and apparently <laughs> apparently the um, the heat <coughs> and the way that it's set up, the, it suctions out your earwax okay. out of your ear. And into the candle. It looks it, like it was just dripping in there, and then like the the well, ash was just went on your ear. Yeah, and they. I, so I had done it once before. I guess I used a different brand, which like burned perfectly. It did not hurt me or harm me in any way. I got this other one at Walmart, and I was home alone, and I was laying on the ground in my living room, and I was like, I'm gonna put this on Instagram Live. And everyone was like, you're supposed to put a plate around it. You're supposed to put, like, a paper plate through it. I or, can't read your comments. What are you saying? Yeah. Could you see these coming in <laughs> yeah. as it was already on fire? Well, yeah. And I was like, well, too late now. Yeah. It'll make for a funny video. And so it was, like, burning. And then it just, like, fell Gosh. off and landed on my head and burned me. And I just laughed because I was like, well, I'm getting good footage. I'm making content. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, it, it burned my rug. That's the only thing that sucked. Did it work? Did it Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if you cut it open, you see everything it takes out. And I know that's gross. I'm sorry, everybody. But I am fascinated by that. It was incredible. I and I problem. went a couple of days yeah. without cleaning my ears because I wanted a, a good harvest. I don't know. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I've disgusted you. I'm so sorry. Well, it's Chris, okay. Crystal is helping us, and she's off camera, but you were you were talking earlier about sharing like embarrassing stories. Yeah. Crystal Bussin <laughs> had never had the opportunity to meet you, Taylor. <laughs> no, don't and, say this on the No. <laughs> I'm I won't say it. I I'm gonna let you say it if you ever oh, choose to or want to keep it secret. But you shared a story. Um it's been a good day, hasn't it? Are you tired? I'm very tired. So we have our unshakable conference going on right now, and this has required us to stay. <laughs> A little bit later than I'm used to, um, so I'm very sleepy, and I didn't have coffee this morning. Mm. So I went to the restroom, and our restrooms here at the church are very clean. I can attest to this because in the women's <laughs> restroom, the toilet seat was up and cleaned, and everything was ready to go. Spotless. And spotless, yeah. But I was so sleepy, I didn't notice that the seat was up, and I fell in the toilet. Oh, man. I wish I had a sound effect ready, like, <laughs> like a splash. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But, hey, it happens. It happens. And it's going to be a good day still, right? Yeah. I mean, I needed something to wake me up, and that sure did the trick. So if you can't ever afford coffee, <laughs> fall into a toilet, and it works just as good. Crisp, cool, refreshing. <laughs> that really is the scariest feeling in the world. Like, you just feel betrayed. Like, this thing that you've done your entire life, sitting on a toilet, sitting on a toilet, and then... To fall in, oh hello sir. Well, that's a weird thing for to walk by. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just terrifying. That's a terrifying thing to have happen to you. I'm sorry that happened to you today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have you done else? an earwax candle? Have you done an earwax candle? No, I haven't. But I was kind of like giggling and trying not to laugh hysterically when you were telling me your experience. Yeah. I, I now follow you on Instagram, and I'm absolutely gonna go watch that video. It was yeah. It was terrifying. But also again. I'm just making content. I don't yeah. know. Got to do, got to do something. There was a lot of people watching and commenting. I noticed that because you had, uh, I guess, screen captured it and shared it as it, so it stays there. Yeah. But um, that that is a good video. Yep. I kind of wanted it to keep going. I'm like, what's <laughs> gonna happen next? Release part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ear waxing um, done wrong. <laughs> part two. <laughs> that is the one thing that thinks about people who like become like viral on social media is that they feel like whatever the thing is that got them to be such a hit, they have to like recreate it a million times to that. Like I would have to become the earwax candle person and like 
have to like keep upping the ante to like I put ten earwax candles in my ear at once or whatever just to keep yeah. people watching. Oh man, that's exhausting. Yes, that is true. Okay, social media. There's another thing I wanted to bring up. This is a a, a post that you shared, and I think do you have a Twitter? Yes. Okay. Um, you shared what you shared it, but it was a screenshot. I said inviting someone to church doesn't count as evangelism. Yeah. And then in the description, you put like inviting through like Facebook, kind of. Oh, Can right. Can you share yeah, your yeah. thoughts on that? I just think that. Um, I think a lot of times the thought process behind considering inviting someone to church as evangelism is putting off the responsibility of sharing the gospel on the church. Like the church is like treated as like a machine that you bring someone to. And if they go through the doors and come out, then they will now be a Christian. If I could just bring them to church. And I think also that like when you have that mindset, you are thinking less of your role and your abilities. Like, oh, they need to hear my pastor. If they hear my pastor, then they'll become a Christian. But it's not someone's fancy preaching that brings someone to Christ. Like Paul says in 1 Corinthians that um, uh, he, when he came to them speaking, he did not come with eloquence of speech. Like he did not come with a big fancy sermon. He was not trying to impress him with that. But all he did was share Christ and share him crucified and by the power of the Holy Spirit that people came to Christ. So it's you don't have to be a fancy speaker. And, and it's not like... They have to go to the church to experience community and love and forgiveness in that community. You can show that to them in your own way. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think discipleship and evangelism isn't for the church as like a bit like, the, I don't know, as like a corporation or like this entity that is outside of you. You are the church. If you want them to be invited to the church, invite them into your life and through you share the gospel yeah so i don't know yeah it's just that makes sense people just think and even like when i did the house show tour um i would try to make it clear hey if you're going to be inviting people to this thing because you got to have at least 20 to 30 people uh at it for it to be successful don't just make a facebook uh, event page and invite a bunch of people on it and say i've done my job it's over no nobody looks at those <laughs> nobody i don't know Hardly anybody like responds to them, and the ones who do rarely show up, and a bunch of people who don't respond to it do show up. Yeah, if like a hundred people respond and say, "I'm going," yes. maybe five exactly. <laughs> those are going to come. Yeah, and so it it and more like if you just do that compared to if you text people and say, "Hey, I'm doing this thing. I want to personally invite you to it." That is a huge that you will get a much bigger return with that. Yeah, and so just yeah, I mean, it is good to let people know in social media that a part of your life is the church that you belong to. But don't consider that the only, that's not the only thing. That's not, that's not your part, doing your part in evangelism. Yeah. I saw a, actually my wife told me about this and then I think I went back and watched some of it, but there was a, I think it was a Christian comedian came out and, and you mentioned something about putting all the responsibility on the church. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is church culture, cause we do this here. Like, even, okay, like you look at what's going on. Okay, are there going to be bounce houses? Is there going to uh -huh. be food trucks? Is there going to be is Taylor Johnson going to be speaking, you know, <laughs> administering at different spots? Like what what is going on there, you know, snow cones, cotton candy? Yeah, yeah. All right, maybe I'll go check it out. You know, but it shouldn't have to be that way. Those things are cool. I love every single one of those things. Yeah. You know, but I don't know if that's just the culture of society that we need all of those things due to I don't know why, but Yeah, yeah. I've I'd like I have friends who are much more, like, critical of, like, big events. I am not at all because, like, I mean, you should, like, church, if church is a family, 
then it should be more than just a service. It should be more than just like we go to church service on Sunday morning and we worship and we hear a sermon and then that's it. No, it should be more than that. Like, man, with your family, you should be, yeah, having fun and doing big, fun things. Uh, But I also heard people say like, what you win them with is what you win them to. Like, if you win, if you win people over to your community with the biggest and flashiest things every time, then that's what they're going to expect, and that's what every they're going to want. And right. if you don't have it, then like, they're not into it. But if you win them with community and with love and with, uh, but again, like I'm, I am pro big events. Like I, I'm a comedian. Like I am, am the big event sometimes when a church is putting it on. They'll like bring a guest speaker. So like, I'm not knocking big events, but. I think with, with everything that we do, you know, there's always like balance and wisdom and yeah, I don't know. Cool. Cool. Hey, how long have you been in this area? Uh, did you get in here earlier this week to hang out with David? Yeah, I, I uh, spoke in a church in Houston on Sunday morning and then just been hanging out. And then last night was in Galveston. Yeah. And I was really looking forward to have David in because he posts a lot on social media and I love watching his stories. Yeah. Um, I've been swiping up and getting those discount codes for like Popeye's chick. If you're not following David Gomez on, on. on Instagram, you're probably missing out on yeah. savings. Communion juice money. Po- poppy is what his Instagram handle is. Which is a great name, by the way. Very good. Yes, sir. Communion juice poppy. But you had the opportunity to try the the Popeye's chicken sandwich with him the first time. It's back. I think it left. It, they sold yeah. out. Yeah. But it's back. Have you had it since it oh, came no, back on I, Sunday? Th- that's when I had it. Oh, you had it on Sunday. I, I, I got it. We got it uh, Monday. Monday is when Monday. we got it. Because, uh, yeah, I didn't get to have it the first time it came out. Um, I missed my chance, and I was heartbroken. <laughs> yes. And I had it on Monday, and it is incredible. It's so good. I got to ask, and I'm sure everybody's been asking you this. So we have the yeah. um, the the big chicken, you know, the right. original chicken sandwich. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. I love, I love, I'm a, I'm a fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you got this new Popeye's coming yeah. in. Right. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, before I do that, hey everyone, uh, go buy my book right now. Before I say anything that's not gonna <laughs> that's gonna make you not like me anymore, uh, in the altogether, it's on Amazon. Just buy it right now, right now. Before I, it's make the decision right now that you're gonna do it. And now I will say, I think it's better than Chick Fil A. I think the chicken sandwich is better than Chick Fil A. Um, I don't know. I mean, but the only thing that stinks is I can't get cheese on it. Yeah. If I get because that's the one thing I like a spicy chicken sandwich. From Chick Fil A, um, with but, the cheese. Well, I want yeah, pepper jack cheese on it. But uh, the <laughs> spicy sauce and like the chicken was—I don't know—it's like it was like a big, it was a big chunk of chicken. And I think sometimes with Chick Fil A, you can get like a big piece, and then sometimes it's like, oh, that's it, that's a little, that's yeah. a little guy. But I don't know. Yeah, that was better. Well, you can bring your own cheese. Would you do that? Like <laughs> bring your own pepper jack no. slice? I guess maybe. <laughs> Slap it on. Yeah. Me and my wife. I always have to switch sandwiches with her. I don't know what it is. I guarantee you, if we go to Chick-fil-A, she gets a bigger sandwich. She gets the bigger sandwich, and I get like the the junior one, and I think they're doing it on purpose because this has been going on for years. Wow. And she knows. She, I was like, you might as well just switch <laughs> me before we open the bag. They gave you the bigger sandwich. You're not going to finish it all anyways. Man, yeah. I. Um, that's love. When, <laughs> that's, that's the gospel. It is love. Um, when I am home... Uh, visiting my parents I'll like go out and get lunch for me and my dad and I'll come back and I usually will check the sandwiches to see <laughs> which one's bigger and I'll take the bigger one or the the the, the fries in the, the back yeah which which fry has more in it and, and I'll take that for myself well I'm just like you know kind of dumping it you know move the bag around some of the fries flop out I was like oh well these fell out they don't really belong to anybody <laughs> yeah 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 exactly the, the, those are just for you that's just that's just being smart yeah really yeah 
for being honest. I um, I need to talk about another meal that I've had recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night I had French toast at someone's house. Okay, that I it was it was after the church service. Uh, it was a family in the church invited uh, the pastors and pastors' family and me over for dinner, and they had barbacoa tacos. Okay, incredible, so good. I got full up on these tacos, and it was like one of those like families that like. Cooking is everything to us. Like we're we're gonna feed you, we're gonna bless you, we're gonna t- and just like keep bringing it out. Like oh man, we ate so much. Oh, you're bringing more time. Okay, all right. Well, I'll go back for more. I'll go back for more. <laughs> and then after we were all sitting there, we're all stuffed. The dad is like, "Hey, anybody want French toast? I'm making French toast." And everyone was like, "Tacos and French toast." No one was excited about French toast. Yeah. Everyone was just like, well, uh, "I don't know." Like no one wanted to say no, but we're like, well, well. and so we thought like. Oh, you know what? We didn't give much of a reaction. He's not going to actually, but he's just in the corner. <laughs> he's making French toast. He's already made like the like the concoction that you put the bread in, and he makes it like ten minutes later. And like I'm still like, what is he gonna make? and then he put it out, and it looked beautiful. And then I I ate one of them, and I'm still thinking about it. Like I am still. It was the greatest. I, it was the greatest breakfast food I've ever had in my life. I'm shaken to my core as a person where I'm ready to move to Galveston and live close to this family because I – and everyone was like, how many did you end up eating? And I was like, I don't know. I lost count. Like, I blacked out. All and of I, them. I continued to eat, and I – Man. Oh, man. E- even after the tacos? Even after the tacos, I was ready to eat French toast until I died. I just – it was the greatest meal I, I'm not good at cooking. Are you good at cooking? I'm good at eating. I can cook, okay. and I'm good at surviving this far. <laughs> so I'm good at surviving. I'm, I'm okay at surviving, so if I have to if I have to cook. But I'm really, really good at eating, Yeah. and now I want to try the French toast. Oh, man. Just go down to Galveston. and it was, Just smell. Open your nose. Oh, <laughs> your heart will find it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, in the other thing, like, because I travel full time, I'm eating fast food, and I'm eating out a lot. Because yeah. I'm not getting as much like home cooked meals. Uh, when I'm home, I'll, I'll cook for myself. But this was the greatest blessing that has ever been given to me. And that's it, cool. It was, oh man, how much are you are you traveling? It's it is all over the place. Like some months, I am somewhere every Sunday and every Wednesday, and then some months it's like I got two things. Like it just with um with uh, how church calendars usually work, like. Churches don't really want to do anything in January because they just did Christmas. They just did New Year's. So, like, January is usually pretty slow. But then, like, September, October, that's always busy. The summer with, like, camps and stuff. And so, I don't know. I've just gotten used to, like, it is all over the place. Like, some months I am somewhere almost every day. And other months I'm sitting at home and, you know, working on other stuff. Setting my head on fire with a earwax candle. Yeah, getting views, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not going too viral, so that way you don't have to up, <laughs> up the AT like every time. Like, wax candles on both <laughs> yeah. ears, 10 and 1. Hey, here's a, a – well, this is a comment. It's from Zach. He said, hey, ask Taylor if he likes jalapeno crunch sandwich from McAllister's <laughs> Deli. Do you – I like McAllister's. I don't. You don't like McAllister's? Not really. I like Jason's Deli. I like Jason's Deli, too. That- what, do you, what do you get there? Uh, I get the beef eater, or I'll get the. Uh, it used to be the King Ranch sandwich, but they took it off the menu, and now they have it as a wrap 
So I say, like, can I get the ranchero wrap but on French bread instead of, like, I have to finagle it to get what I want back. Outsmarting the system. Yeah. I just get the salad bar there. And I'm not, like, a necessarily a salad eater, but it's so much more. You just, you could get, like, plates of brownies, like those little baby <laughs> brownies, and you're like, this is the best salad I've had ever <laughs> at Jason's Deli. Yeah. It has my cosign. Do you get the free ice cream every single time? So... I don't. I'm not much on ice cream just because of uh, lactose reasons. Oh, but, I mean, I'm lactose intolerant, but but to answer your question, yes. Okay, all right, <laughs> good. We're in the same. But I just don't go crazy, yeah, crazy with. It. I'm just like, well, you know, a lick, you know, well, one cone <laughs> won't hurt. Two is okay. Yeah, I already yeah. had it. You know, it's gonna mess me up anyway. It feels like you're leaving money on the table if you go to Jason's <laughs> Deli and you don't get an ice cream. It's part of the meal. Yeah. I've one time I forgot to get it. Like one time I and. and Ate and I left and I was like, wait, I didn't get ice cream. And I felt like I had cheated myself from such an important part of the process of eating at Jason's Deli. Yeah. You have to get the ice cream. Don't don't feel bad about it. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'll I will i will go back in a couple of weeks. So yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's always more. There's one right down the street. Six forty six. Oh, well, okay. You know good to know. I guess in, in um in Dallas, do you all have gringos and like Jimmy Changas? Mm-mm. Okay. So they have ice cream, and actually, I had the owner, Mr. Uh, Russell Ibera, in some some months ago, and they have like in the foyer where you're waiting to be seated, like ice cream. Oh, okay. And so like I asked him because you know my kids like, can I have an ice cream now? I'm like, sure, it's right there. Yeah. But sometimes people will go in and just get ice cream, and walk out, and then leave. And I was like, is that okay? He was like. I don't care. He's like, that's cool. Whoa. So I don't know if I should be adver- advertising that. I mean, he, he said it. He did say it. I've done that at Jason's Deli once or twice. Yeah, just like walk in with confidence, go to the bathroom, walk out, <laughs> go to the ice cream machine, get ice cream, and walk out with confidence. Yeah. That's the most important part is just if you walk around with confidence, no one questions if you're supposed to be there or not. That's true. That is wild. Did you learn that living in a van? <laughs> <laughs> like That is great advice. I learned that from... Uh, uh, a friend of mine has a, a music a website, a music blog where he interviews bands. It's called mm-hmm. bornloser.org. And he started to do just like um, email interviews, like written interviews. But then he started to do video interviews where one of the bands that he's already done one with uh, is going to be in Dallas. So we'll go and I get to go along and get to go into the show for free because I'm the one with the camera and with mm-hmm. the mics. And so I get to meet these people with him, which is very cool for me. But we'll show up at the venue at three o'clock in the afternoon and just like walk right in and we'll just be standing there and... We, it, it could be like 10 minutes could go by and no one will be like, hey, are you guys supposed to be here? Just because we walked in with confidence. You have to have a mic too. Yeah. That oh, helps. Yeah, the camera yeah, yeah. and the mic. Um, I saw something on the internet where they said, if you walk anywhere with a ladder, no one will question. Because <laughs> they'll be like, he must need to be here. Like walk into a movie theater with a ladder. Like, <laughs> He's doing work. No one's going to stop this guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could stop and like point at the ladder. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> where do you, you look at? And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly. They'll hold the door for you. Exactly. Show me some respect. I got like a 12-foot ladder here right now. Man, that is, these are like nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. How to get into the movies with the 12-foot ladder. There was also, a couple of years ago, a guy just like bought a nice camera um, and would have like a lanyard and he could get into any music festival. Because they, he would just convince them that he was a photographer, like he's a journalist for them, and so like he had this website where he talked about like I here are all of the music um, festivals that I've been to for free because I just sneak in because I'm just like oh, I'm here to take pictures and they're like okay, <laughs> incredible. But I think I don't think I could handle that. I think I'd be too scared. Yeah, and then you get busted. I think there was a guy who went into it was like the NBA finals or 
you know, went went viral, and then yeah. you get blacklisted, and yeah. the gig's up. Oh, so. man. Just don't go viral. That's it's easy. <laughs> I've I've accomplished that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so easy. Uh, yeah. It's ten forty seven right now. This is khearadio.com, ninety nine point five FM. Talking to Taylor Johnson. Brand new book came out September sixteenth in the All Together. Trusting God with all we hide from the world. Do you want to share any more? You know about the book. Is there any other reasons why people should pick this up today? Um, I just think it. Um, whether you are in a place right now where you're going through something that you're afraid to talk about with other people, or you want to be a better friend to someone who might be going through a difficult time, um, how to better understand what they might be feeling or going through. But again, like this is not this is not an issue for just some people. This is something that we all deal with. We all deal with shame. We all deal with fear around these topics when we join a new community or we've been in a community for a long time and we don't feel that close to them. Like there is a loneliness epidemic in our culture. More and more people are feeling more and more lonely. And it's not about the number of people that they have in their life. It's about the quality of the connection that they have with them. That if you have 30 people, you're super involved at work, at school, uh, at your job. I already said work, job and church in your neighborhood, in your family. But but no one really knows you. Everyone knows like 50% of you, 75. Nobody knows 100%. There's a lot that you keep to yourself. Then it can lead to you being lonelier and lonelier. And they did a study and they found that loneliness can have the same physical effect on you as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It can affect your heart and your health. But if you have people that you can open up to, that you can talk with, that you can be vulnerable with, then it can absolutely change your life. And so that's what the book is about why we don't have to be afraid of it anymore and help us better understand why we are afraid of it so that we can recognize it when it starts to kind of bubble up in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make it as, I don't know, as easy and not scary as possible to kind of dig into this topic. Okay. Yeah. I was going through this. Is there any pictures in here? No, no pictures. I didn't see any. If I ever did write a book, I would have at least like two pages with random pictures. You ever <laughs> see those books where it's like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. is this in here? Yeah. I, man. <laughs> next books. Next book's going to have pictures. Is it. there one in the works already? I've started to think about it uh, because this book is about why you need to open up. And I would like to write one on how to handle when someone opens up to you. Because ah. being on that side of the conversation could be just as scary. Because, like, someone's like, I want to tell you my darkest secret. It's like, uh oh. Like, what is my role? What am I supposed to say? What am I not supposed to say? It's like, thank you. Like, I tell my daughter I love you. And she's like, thank you. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> what you say. You need, you're supposed to say I love you back. <laughs> but yeah, you, that's something that needs to be learned. Yeah. You know, she's two. So if somebody tells me something, it's like, man, why do I feel awkward? They're opening, right. opening up to Or me. we feel like I have to fix them. Like, they have told me this thing and I need to give them the perfect advice in the next three sentences. Because I have to fix them in this moment and then we'll never talk about it again. But like, no, it's a process. And a lot of times just listening and just being like, okay, I'm not going anywhere. You didn't scare me away. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to be here with you and let's pray about it or or whatever. Or pointing them towards counseling or all these other things that, that are important to do as we are patient with them as they open up. Um, You're not married, right? No. Are you dating anyone? No. Is it easy to date as... Somebody who travels. Just, you could end the sentence there. <laughs> is it easy today? Question mark? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. So, like, what what does that look like? You being, you know, a Christian, a speaker at, at churches. And, Did my mom ask this? And the- no, this is just. I'm just curious because I've seen, you know, ministers and pastors and and Christian comedians and yeah. 
and musicians and I feel like dating today is different than it was even five years, ten years ago. Yes. Um and, and then whenever you add in the the Christian, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, chapter to it. Yeah. It makes it even more interesting. So how do you navigate that? Do boy, you- oh boy. I mean, I try well, one thing. Here's the one thing. Here's the main thing that sucks. And I talk about it in the book. Um I am old. I, uh, <laughs> How old are you? I'm 29. I'm about to be 30. Okay. And so if you're not married by 26 in the Christian world, people start to get nervous for you. I'm offended. And what? I'm 27, not married, offended. Do you feel like people are nervous for you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I'm see? nervous for me. Don't be. It's okay. I'm not nervous for you, Crystal. I'm not nervous. Just clearing that up, okay. <laughs> I'm a little nervous because you told everybody that you fell into a toilet this morning. And, and uh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so people get nervous for you, and people also talk down to you because they think that something something essential is missing from your life because you are an adult who is not married, which is not true. In the church world today, we treat it as you are incomplete if you are not married. But Paul says it's better to be single because you can do more ministry. But why is it in the church today? If you're single, you're not going to get a job at a church, probably. You're not going to be treated. You're going to be pushed off to the side with the other single people so that you can all. Like, it feels like uh, if you're single, you're a leper. And you have to leave the camp until you get healed. <laughs> and then you can come back and join all the other married people. you get people. married. Yeah. And, and people are always like, oh, I can't wait for you to oh, just, I don't know, they talk down to you. Because they feel like you are missing a step on your life, and and I they they talk to you sometimes like you can never fully understand them, or they can't open up to you because you'll never get it. But I mean, we all deal with the same things, but who it affects is sometimes different, right? And 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 so yeah, I don't know. Just getting isolated from people by for being single, like that's the part that that's the biggest bummer. Yeah, gr- growing up in church, you hear it so much. You know, God has somebody for you. Yeah. God has somebody for you. And yeah. then you mentioned, you know, Paul, who, as far as we know, yeah. I don't, you know, I never got married. There's people that had a call on their life that, you know, required them to, yeah. to be alone. And that was in their vision. It was probably in their heart. I, I'm, I believe that if there's something you're called to do, it's going to line up eventually. You Absolutely. can run from it. And then it's just like, you know what? I got too much stuff to do. Yeah. Like, and I'm going to, I'm going to accomplish this. But, um, I think if you have a desire to get married, yeah. there's people that you're compatible with, but saying like, there's one person in the whole world, you yeah. know, you got to have that same vision. I, I don't know. One of my professors in college, he would always talk against the whole idea of uh, the one, because he would say that if you have that mindset and then you do get married and you go through troubles in your marriage, which everyone will, if you go through a hard time, then your first thought is going to be, I married the wrong person. I, I have, I'm supposed to be with the one. And it shouldn't be this hard if you're with the one. And so you can start to question and doubt your relationship. But if you accept the fact that every single person has married the wrong person, because we are all we are all broken, messed up people on our own outside of Christ, outside of what Christ can do for us. And to accept that there's going to have to be a lot of work no matter who you marry Mm -hmm. and that there has to be a lot of repentance and a lot of forgiveness um, why am I giving marriage advice? What I am like I it. Doing? This is so dumb. <laughs> As I'm talking, I'm like, who are you? Stop. Well, the the other thing, uh, you know, thinking about that is you could get stuck in an abusive relationship being like, well, this is the one that yes. God has for me. And it, it could not be yeah. healthy. It could not be safe. Yeah, exactly. So, just interesting to talk about. Yeah. I, I like, you know, I've never had an opportunity to bring that up talking with anybody um, as far as I can recall being, you know, you going, traveling, 
you know, being single yeah. and uh, just trying to juggle that. Yeah. And just like, it, it's weird. Even like, even if I date someone who lives in the same city as me, like it's still a long distance relationship for a part of it because mm-hmm. I am going to be gone a lot. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And with every, I mean, it hasn't really come up much, but I've always tried to, with anyone I've dated, like talk about like, hey, I'm going to ask permission if like something happens in our relationship that would be a really funny story. I'll ask you permission. I'm not going to just go on stage and be like, my girlfriend did this. Or like, me and my girlfriend argued about this thing and like turn it into a joke for stand-up without first getting permission. I, I try to do that with anybody, like with my parents or anybody else. Like, let me first get permission before I, because I feel like that is a fear that some people have of like, uh-oh, don't want to hang out with a comedian. He's going to put this in his act. Put me on blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Crystal, can, can I use your to- uh, your toilet story that you shared just at any point in time? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, you can. I give you full permission. Wow. I mean, I use stories about your kids on Facebook all the time with kids' church conversations. What? Oh. I what? Just, <laughs> I just don't ever put their names. Okay. That's fine. It might be your son. You never know. I assume. I just assume <laughs> that everybody's talking about my kids if they're being <laughs> good. Great. Not bad at all. Hey, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, well, uh, the book, it's on Amazon, In the All Together. Um you can get it on the Kindle or for the paperback. Um, and uh, I've been traveling around this fall talking about this talk- topic, talking about vulnerability. And I'm start- starting to book up the spring of January through May of going to churches on Sunday mornings or youth groups or young adult groups, or even if a small group is going to go through the book together. Uh, I'd love to go and talk to that small group or whatever. Um, so I don't know if anyone's interested in that. I would love to come to your church. I'd love to come to your ministry and to uh, share about this book. So it's Taylor D. Johnson on social media? Uh, Taylor D. Son. Taylor D. Son. Taylor D. Taylord. Taylord Son. Son. Yes. Okay. That's me. That So give him a follow on, on Instagram, yes. on Facebook. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that pops up there. Yeah. I enjoy it. Thank you very much. This is KHEA Radio, 99.5 FM. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for hanging out today, Taylor. Thank you.